Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, I'm Mayhem. Hello, I'm Chaos. And And our happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped and loves a circle with no end. What's the point of this last night? And he said happiness is egg-shaped. Hey, um, happiness is an egg-shaped because it's Happiness is egg-shaped and loves a circle with no end. Hello and welcome to the Happiness Is podcast with me, your host, Bruce Aitchison from Happiness Is Egg-Shaped. And you'll see that I am kitted out a little bit differently for this one. I am really excited to speak to someone that contacted through lockdown that strange time where we were interacting with people we'd never met on social media platforms that we use too much. Well, I use too much. Um, but social media has been a social thing for me. It's helped me to build those relationships I talk so much about. We've shared some experiences virtually and in real life, and we're, we're making some memories. And I'm really hoping that this is going to provide a bit of a platform to let Matt tell a story about something that is on the lips of everyone, whether you're in the professional game, the grassroots game, kids game, women's game, or you're just walking down the street, people are thinking and talking about this issue. And we've touched on it with various different guests um, through their own experiences and through their own challenges. And I've got my own. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy and very content, but there are always challenges. And educating yourself is one of the best ways to meet those challenges head on. So let's bring in the expert, the man from Mindset <laughs> Health, Mental Health Matters, Mr. Matt Mason-Hames. Hello, sir. Morning, you all right? Yeah, very well, thank you. Good to see you. How, how are things finding you at the moment? Busy, busy, which is not, I'm not sure is a good thing or a bad thing, you know, um, but yeah, good. It, you know, we're, as you the community kit bag and mindset sport is absolutely flying. The training side of it's going really well. So yeah, all good at the moment. Good. Well, let's, let's talk about some of it. You, you've got so many things going on. <laughs> you, you spin a lot of plates and, and all of them are trying to make the world a better place. So let's, let's start at the beginning. Why and what was the trigger for you to get involved in mental health? Um, it's, it's, it's a weird one because I was diagnosed with depression and, and generalised anxiety when I was in my mid-twenties, which was obviously a really different time to get a diagnosis. It's like 25 years ago. So we didn't talk about it. Nobody spoke about poor mental health. And, you know, I look back a long time and I can see the things that I know now, I can see in myself as a kid, um and but more recently it was it was around 
I was studying for to do health and safety. I wanted a career change. I'd been in restaurants for you know, a long time and I wanted a career change. So I was studying going to health and safety when I realised that we're quite good at looking after the physical side of people um, and not so good at looking after the mental health side of people at work. So I sort of veered down that route, became a mental health first aider, really enjoyed it. Um, I really liked the bits and pieces that were going on. And part of it was, was around the death of my father and the fact that I noticed how differently my brother and my sister and me were all treated by our different the companies that we worked for, you know, and how we were supported very, very differently. It was like companies need more education and bits and pieces. So I then became an instructor, then lockdown hit, so didn't really get out to do much. And then, you know, so mindset was born out of that passion, really, you know, to help companies and have conversations with them, their, their staff to make sure that they're all right, really. That's where that came from. Uh, I, I, I love it. I'm, I'm passionate about this. It's something I, I read about. I'm, I'm interested to the and, and I'm interested to get your view on this. When you look back, one of the things I feel people look for with mental health are triggers, are reasons for things that happen. But we all have those things going on, but it affects people differently. How do you view that? Is there triggers? Are there things that we can look at and then maybe anticipate? There are signs and symptoms that come through, but you've got to understand that everybody has an individual view on the world and and i like to look at it as a set of lenses you know like you go to the opticians and they drop in all those lenses in front of you and they go which one's better a or b a or b and then one or two and drop all those things in and eventually you get your prescription and that and that's kind of how we look at life you well it depends on how old you are where you're educated where you live um, whether you're religious or not, your sex, your sexuality, all those things overlay each other and create a focal point on the world. And that focal point will shift um, as you learn more and you change and you develop. So what looks fine to one person and it's very, very different to somebody else because everybody puts a different weight on something and an experience and, and this side, of, you know, and whether or not we've been through the same thing the weight that I put on something and the journey that I got there that took me to that point is very, very different to everybody else's. So, you know, just using that sort of a lens analogy, that optician thing, you can see that everybody has a different focus on the world. So when you're talking about people and you're talking about people who have mental health illness or poor mental health, it's really, really key to try and understand that you, know, whilst you might not see it as a problem, they do. And that's where we need to, we need to focus. And all too often we try and throw a blanket over it and go, that'll fix it. <laughs> and and it doesn't. Yeah. So we need to look at that individuality that comes with mental health. Yeah. And that's that's kind of my way of looking at it. We, we see those things that churn through social media and there's a lot on social media and, and there needs to be a filter, a personal filter, not a, I don't think we can keep putting pressure on the organisations to put filters on these things. We need to have filters and that's where education comes in. So you went about this process because you wanted a change and then you wanted to learn more yeah. when you're going through that mental health first aid course and it's the kind you know it's it's a buzz there are companies who are making a big deal of the number of people they put through these things but we've all sat in professional development courses and we've gone back on monday morning and we do it exactly the same way as we did the previous week yeah. what is it about the mental health first aid training or mental health awareness training or you know there's there's a lot of suppliers um, what is it that you think is making significant change in the workplace? I think I think that it's viewed. There are companies out there that are doing it to tick a box, like you say. And if you go out there to tick that box and say, we've got 45 mental health first aiders in our company and it's the same number of physical first aiders, then you're doing it wrong. Um, yes. Mental health first aid is a brilliant tool, but it's not the toolbox. You, know, um, you need to have lots and lots of different things. I think people are starting, I'm hoping people are starting to realise that, that you, know, you can't just chuck people in 
at the deep end and go, right, you sort it all out. You know, it needs to be part of a massive, massive toolbox. And people are starting to realise that. And, and I used the analogy the other day in, in a chat with someone that in the past, we've kind of turned around and gone, here's a box of chocolates to everybody. Um, so everybody gets the same. Most people will like a lot of it. And then there's a few bits that nobody will like. But what we need to do is we need to start a pick a mix. And, and yes, there, there are restrictions on that. But, you know, putting in a gym into your office, for example, that's great. But you might not have an office. You might not be using it. You know, having gym memberships is great. But, you know, when you're 45, like me, with a bad back and a dodgy knee, and, you know, you can't barely get out of bed in the morning, you know, you don't want a gym membership um, and things like that. So you just have to be able to pick and choose for people. I think that's where people are finally starting to realise. But also, it's also about educating everybody a little bit, not just having two or three key people who understand everything or can help it's about educating everybody to spot those signs and those symptoms and offer that support and that's yeah that doesn't have to be done with mental health first aid training that can just be done you know in an hour and half an hour whatever so that that's key is understand everybody understanding that conversation as well are, are there still things that you see and, and i'll use social media again are there still things you see on social media that make you suck your teeth i mean that you look at and you go <laughs> Oh no! I can't believe that's there. I mean, there there yeah. must be things that that wind you up, and and you think that's a backward step, or it's it's outdated. Uh, I, and I'm sure people think about some of the stuff that I do, um, but yeah, I, uh, that that positive mental attitude, PMA, whatever it used to be that we used to talk about, no. That winds me up. That's the one thing that gets me. There's nothing wrong with being sad. There's nothing wrong with being yeah. upset. There's nothing Amen. wrong. Amen. Amen. Any of those emotions, you know, and being positive constantly does not solve a problem. Sometimes you need to cry. Sometimes you need to be upset. Sometimes you need those, those emotions to process what's going on. So, yes, mindset not my mindset, but mindset can help in the, you know, when you're talking about things like CBT, where you're changing the attitudes to activating events and all that sort of stuff. Yes, that can help and can support a positive mindset and can change the consequences of your actions and other people's actions. But to constantly promote you not being miserable as a solution, if it was that simple, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be doing my job. I wouldn't be shoving... Um, antidepressants down my throat every day you know i it would be a much simpler world wouldn't it but it's not that simple so we have to do other things yeah there's there's so many messages like that one of them that's got me through this six nations period there one of the teams has to lose mm. mostly great don't wind me up by commenting now that yes you can draw but one one team tends to be more disappointed at the final whistle than another and you're then not allowed to smile. If you've lost, you're not allowed to smile because then it doesn't mean anything to you. And you're not allowed to go and get selfies taken after the game because you're supposed to be sad. And there's there's so much, there's so many mixed messages about emotion. But as you've said, it's an individual thing. And we've no idea what's going on behind the eyes and under the shirt of of those individuals are there times where you've put on a face for those around you yeah constantly to be honest i'm doing it right now um i've been really struggling the past couple of weeks i don't know yeah, nothing in particular um nothing major you know lots of little bits and i've had a real cup down couple of weeks but you know i'm lucky enough to know and, ed and I've educated myself enough about myself. And that's the key. It's, uh, it's educating about yourself that I know the triggers. I know the action points. I know what to do to get myself better. And one of those things is, you know, my knee's gone again. So I've not been playing rugby the last couple of months. So one of my, one of my um, absolute releases has gone. So I'm having to find other things that I can do. And that's key to me. And that's how I'm sort of building my recovery out of this slump that I found myself in. Um, and this 
you know, the, the, the early onsets of a depressive episode that I found myself in um, was like, okay, I've spotted the signs. The signs and symptoms are happening. I've worked that out. I've spoken to the people I need to speak to to say this is happening and they've all recognized it. And I've realized that one of my outlets isn't available. So I've gone out and found some other stuff. Yeah. And that's so, yeah, um, it's, it's, a, I constantly mask, but what I, what you know, is irritating about that and, and as you just said about the thing that might have been an individual triumph for that person at that match they might have played out their skin you know they might have had an absolute blinder or they executed their game plan 100 percent and they you know, walk away going they, they go yes I, I you know i had a blinder you know this time last season they put 60 against us or whatever it is and they've only put 10 against us this that's an absolute triumph so why can't that be celebrated yeah, for the individual. Why can't the team go, yeah, what? This is a great effort. We've moved on. We've progressed. But we all tend to focus on winning rather than progression. And I think that's that's one of those things that I look at when I talk about recovery is recovery isn't being back to your old self. It isn't being the best. It's about understanding where you are now and trying to improve a little bit every day and if you do take a setback then you know how to manage it and that yeah that's kind of the key for for me in those sorts of situations so you you came from the restaurant industry i mean pressure uh, complaints issues uh, weird work schedule <laughs> you know take your pick kitchens can be hellish places terrible yeah. environments and there's this stereotype of the grumpy head chef who swears and you know you get somebody like Gordon Ramsay who I hope is just portraying a, a character rather than behaving like that were you conscious of people you worked with and people who you were you know you were in charge of and your boss were were you aware of the, the part mental health played or were you just getting work done I was much more naive around that i knew about mine sort of that time ago a year i was very aware of my mental health and i was quite happy to talk about my mental health and and the issues i had with it however didn't really you know, i've stood up a few times with my head above the parapet and said you know, not quite not keen on that type of behavior from um managers and line managers and stuff like that but i was very much just getting on with it back then i was a bit younger i was a bit more naive um but i just plowed on and regardless of the effect it was having on me and my life quite for yeah and i look back at it now and i sit there and think wow i was doing that wrong i was doing this wrong yeah beautiful 2020 hindsight yeah, um, yeah. it's the greatest gift isn't it <laughs> And it's just like, you know, would I change? I met some absolutely amazing people and had some absolutely amazing experiences. I love working in restaurants. I love working that close, that that camaraderie that you get that I don't get sat in my office in my garden yeah. <laughs> on my own, surrounded by smelly boots and kit over there. Um, but so I miss that side of it. But I, I would really, really love to go back in and educate myself and others around about what I know now, that would be amazing to have that ability to go back. I'm, I'm, reading, I'm reading some books at the moment. I, I never normally do this because I'm, I'm a PE teacher. I can only usually handle one book at a time, but I've actually got two or three on the go at the moment. And uh, I'm reading one at the moment and it's talking about team culture, not not in sport. It, there's a couple of sport examples, but but team culture. And there's examples of increasing productivity by making the staff not necessarily happier. And there's a there's a big bit in it about happiness is not necessarily the most important thing in a team. But there's bits about the desks being closer has been scientifically proven to increase productivity. Um, the amount of eye contact you make increases productivity. Having a kitchen with nice coffee in it increases productivity. So although people spend less time at their desk, when they're at the desk, they're more productive, they feel included, and then the output is greater. Is that too simple 
to benefit mental health? No, and yes. Does that make sense? You yes, little bit. It's like you know, great coffee in the kitchen. It's going to help loads of people, but if you don't do caffeine, or you don't work in the office, then it's irrelevant. You know, having tiny desks will depend on what you need to do. If you're just sitting there, you know, with a, a computer screen, it's great. But if you've got to pull out plans and you know look at different bits of pieces of paper, then it's not helpful at all. So again, it's that. Yes, they would be great tools, and yes, there is a lot of stuff around. You know, what is better for the greater good, if you know what I mean, that sort of the, the general sweeping statements, but there will always be one or two that don't fit into that pattern. And you need to adjust for those people as well. And you and you have to by law, but you know, you have but equally you know, I I've got a tiny little desk in my office, you know, but I used to really love my having a big wide desk when I used to work for um a well known DIY company. Um and then we all got squeezed and squeezed and squeezed into smaller and smaller spaces as more people came into the office. And in the end, it was like this. You know, there's a, there's a point where you go, in fact, you know, <laughs> you're a bit too close now. Um, but again, what happens when that coffee runs out? You know, or, and you, or you can't supply that grade of coffee, then that adds to somebody else's problem because you can't get that coffee or you can't do this. So you, know, you have to be wary of doing things like that, that when you've, Free Fruit Friday does not solve well-being. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, go, the scientific, there's nothing wrong with looking at that, and it will help. But your best bet is to ask the people that work with you, what do they want in you? What do they need? And if there's a pattern, such as we all want great coffee, and you can implement that and it doesn't, cost a, a fortune and 99 percent of people are going to benefit chuck it in mm. yeah if it turns out that it's a great idea had by somebody who thought it was a yeah in, in a team that goes this will do and nobody uses it bend it off there's no benefit to you yeah for the last six years fill your boots has been making rugby happen at the grassroots level please get involved and go to www fybrugby.com to register your club or to register as a player and join the online community to make sure that games continue to happen in the future. Join in clubs with players and players with clubs to make sure that we can keep the club game as strong as possible. Fill your boots, bring in rugby together. I, I used to have a boss who said the door was always open. And I think literally the door was always open. But obviously what they meant was you can always come and see me. And I don't think anybody walks through that door. I, I mean, genuinely, I don't think I, I certainly didn't. Um, and younger and much more naive in those days. I then had a boss whose door was always closed. And I don't think I've ever spoken to a boss as much as I did that boss. Yeah. Um, and I always had to go through secretary, but I ended. I spoke to her so much um, before I then got got to the boss. How how much time? And you're. I, I think I might be able to preempt this answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. How much time are bosses, line managers, willing to give to? monitoring and supporting the mental health of employees willing or able there that's that's probably the million dollar question isn't it <laughs> i don't i think there are very few bosses who go into work with the aim of making their team's life miserable <laughs> i don't think there are many there are some who don't know how to deal with people because yeah we've got for a long time we've promoted people on ability for the job that they do you know and that's how we that's how we sort of work you're really good you're a really good salesperson so you're going to lead the sales team and that's it and that's their education you know they're not taught how to manage people they're not taught how to deal with all the intricacies of you know 
staff and this sort of stuff they, they, you know we want everybody to be like you because you're a great salesperson well not everybody is like that so what you've done is you've taken your best salesperson off the team so they're not selling anymore they're now managing staff that they don't want to do and don't know how to do and you wonder why everybody else flops because there may be somebody who isn't the best salesperson in that team but is a really good people manager and then you know, and then you have managers who are given task and you have to understand and then you need to understand whether you want your line managers to look after people or look after task and i think there's a place for both and i think you teams can have both you know, there's a you know, a project manager as such and a people manager um however do lots of managers get the skills needed no they don't get even inkling they're just told to go and manage teams and that's where teams tend to fail because they've got somebody that they're all trying to or they're all told to be like and that's not that's not conducive to getting a, a that environment and yeah i think you need to have a balance of lots and lots of different people in a team to make it work yeah, that's an interesting having... point. An, an old hero of mine who spoke about teaching and he said teachers should get paid more because the way teachers are recognised is to get promoted and then they end up doing less teaching, which was the thing they were good at. And they spend more time on a computer or at a desk and dealing with things that actually, like you said, they weren't necessarily trained for and wasn't mm. their skill set. Um, and I suppose there's also a sporting context there. The best players don't always make the best coaches or managers. Mm. Um, and that's, you know, we could debate that one till the cows come home. <laughs> so you, you go into a completely new environment. You think you're going to do one thing. You find that actually what's become your passion and, and now your profession is dealing with mental health and educating others. Now you've got lots of strands going on at the moment. Um, but let's, let's probably start, I suppose, at the grassroots and then we'll see how that supports the others. Right. So you, you have the community kit bag, which is, is an amazing concept. And I want to try and help you to promote this, to, to benefit, the people immediately but then others so talk us through the rationale and then what it is that actually happens for the community kit bag so the community kit bag sort of came about via mindset sport as as, as your t-shirt is so quite proudly displaying there we go puff my chest up um so mindset sport came about during lockdown and that's how you know we started talking you and because that you know, i started helping out my local rugby club you know, I was playing for them, but we realised that during lockdown, the players are going to need some other support. So we started doing blogs and we started doing information for them. That then, I sort of went, well, everybody needs to be able to access this. So created a very basic website, which set up Mindset Sport, threw everything on there and it's still all there and it's still in its bits and I need to sort it out because it's a bit of an untidy mess. Um, but about May last year, I think, somebody sort of said i'd love to play rugby but i can't get hold of any boots i can't afford boots and there was also um i also read a quote i think it was christian way said i nearly didn't start playing rugby because i didn't want my mum to have to wash her the kit every week and i was like there's so many other barriers to getting into sport and the benefits that sport brings to physical health mental health and problem solving all those sorts of things so i found some boots on facebook you know those free pages on facebook and said took those in and, and gave them out and then it went nuts and so i've now got yeah that side of my office is a disgrace um i had to move into the bigger shed in my garden <laughs> to fit it all in the van is full i've got a 20-foot trailer full of stuff um and there's loads of stuff sat outside and you and it's basically the idea is is that if you want to get into sport you can without the cost so i've got everything i've got hockey sticks rugby boots padding footballs football boots tennis stuff cricket gear all sorts of stuff that you know, if i can help reduce that cost barrier into sports then brilliant that's the plan and then there are obviously it ticks a sustainability box as well which is always good um so 
all of our stuff is donated so it removes loads of stuff from landfill which is obviously brilliant as well um and those that can afford to donate something or anything you know what we do is we take the money that and any profits with that will then supply free mental health first aid training to grassroots sports clubs so we'll put on one maybe two places a month on the courses that are run oh <laughs> see ya and uh, yeah depending on how much money we raised the previous month that will he's <laughs> <laughs> gonna stay still there we go yeah. uh, and, that, and then that will go and, and, and put places on for grassroots sports clubs and they can apply via the website um for a place and then they sort of get in a draw and i draw names out of a hat every month and then they stay in there they don't disappear they stay in there and i keep pulling them out so that's it basically that's the very basic crux and we've got things like sport in a box which you know you tell me your size i'll chuck you you know if you want a rugby box there'll be rugby boots short socks rugby shirt rugby ball and a gum shield chucked in i think you know posted out to you and we've got vouchers so you know if we turn up at a rugby club or a football club or a food bank or wherever it is we turn up what we do is we email vouchers beforehand to the organizers so that people can access it free yeah they don't have to ask they can just get a voucher turn up and and just give me the voucher and then go in and, and take what they need you so that yeah we're trying to remove that barrier and, and almost that sort of thing so that people don't have to ask for it because you don't want to turn up at your sports club and go i really want to play but i haven't got any boots and i and, and like I don't know where I can get a gum shield from and I can't necessarily you know, afford it. You want to turn up ready, looking like your friends, fitting in. And that's kind of what we want to do, really, is give that people the opportunity to turn up on an equal peg into everybody else and play. Because there's loads of probably loads of athletes out there that don't get the chance to run around. And, and there's loads of people that don't get the chance to run around just for themselves because they can't afford the kit or they can't get to the rugby club or they can't they've got to make a choice between both and yeah so yeah that's where it sort of stemmed from really so you're you're trying to give people access to sport through furnishing them with the, the sort of basics i suppose that lots of us take really for granted yeah how then do people so at the moment it sounds like it's individuals how do people contact you to try and make a significant impact in their community so I am starting so to have collection boxes. And what I really, yeah, I guess the ultimate goal is to be able to get out and about and have, you know, I've got a trailer shop. So I can take the trailer shop out to anywhere in the UK. It can go anywhere. Um, and it can be set up depending on the weather. Um, so I can go anywhere with that on a weekend, set it up in your community and, you know, help out yeah if you've got a club that needs you that one sunday's got a minis tournament or a junior tournament going on whatever i'll come up or you've got a recruitment day you know for you know, the beginning of next season over the summer give me a shout i'll come up people can get stuff um ideally yeah lovely i'd love to be able to have hundreds of community kit bag trailers spinning around the country um but i'm not quite there yet uh, but you can you can just email me um, via the website, and if you want sport in a box, I can pack it up. We did some work with a charity recently where we delivered fifty um, boxes of sports gear to somebody um, to to a community. We were out at Camberley. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. We're back a couple of weeks ago and we're going back in another couple of weeks just to, and we just set up and, and help out. But yeah, we'll cover the cost of any postage if anybody wants to send us stuff, can send us stuff, whatever. Yeah, so this is the next step, really. It's how do I get it out? And that's the kind of bit I'm working on. Yeah, it's, it's great the fact that I can be within an hour of where I am and, and I do all that sort of stuff. And my, the, the local community have been amazing at delivering stuff, as have some of the professional sports teams. Thank you, London Irish, and thank you, Harlequins. Um, trying to get some more. <laughs> but, you know, so... Yeah, that's my next step. Really, is how do I, how do I take this from something that supports a tiny little corner of Hampshire and Surrey very well to something that can support the entire of yeah the UK? So that's my challenge. And so anybody who's got any ideas, please contact me and let me know because yeah, I'm struggling with that bit. Schools, you know, guidance teachers, PE teachers, uh, social workers. Have you had contacts from those sources? Yeah, it's all of a sudden starting to pick up. Yeah, so lots of local schools and you, and I'm very fortunate where I live in the fact that, you know, there are lots of very affluent schools you know, within a stone's throw of my house. Um, so they're, you know, constantly got kits and boots. And like you say, so that's very nice and I can pass those on. But I need to get more into... You, it's all great me rocking up at a rugby club or a football club. Those people have already got access to means mostly. But I, you know, I want to start getting into um, places which maybe don't have access to sports as much as you, you into inner cities, into deprived areas. Those sorts of areas is where this needs to go. So I guess my aim is to do, you know, an ideal weekend would be a lovely weekend, at a nice affluent club where people come in and buy stuff because they can um and donate and then i spend the next day or you know just giving stuff away so that you know i get that nice balance of you know, i've able to support the grassroots sports club by having a free place but i'm also able to do what we actually need to do which is give people access to sport by giving them the basics that would so, be my ideal weekend so so hopefully that improves mental health because people are involved they're participating in sport they feel good they're building relationships they're making connections with people but the next layer to this is that you want to be delivering mental health first aid training to clubs so they yeah. can support everyone and the uptake of that appears to be from what I've, i'm watching on social media and you know i've been through the website and i think you're doing yourself a disservice the website looks pretty good to me <laughs> um especially when you call it a jumble if you were to see what's going on off camera here you would know what a jumble is um so it seems like the training is going well is it well received and is there any follow-up feedback that you've got that's made you you know giving you a jolt yet i've got to keep going with this um yeah, it's, it's really tough because obviously everybody's a volunteer. Um, so finding the right passage of courses and the right timing of courses to get the volunteers on is really, really hard. <clears throat> yeah, but I've, you know, I've moved away from, I, I started with like a one hour well-being seminar. And I think that's not necessarily the right thing. It's a great introduction and they're, you know, I still do them. But I think everybody needs to have a physical first aider and a mental health first aider in, in, in their sports club. Yeah, it's going to be great. But I got some feedback um, around one of the talking groups that I'm part of. And that just made me, and I'm not going to go into it too much because it might identify them, but that just kind of made me go, yeah, doing the right thing. Absolutely, 100%. I've helped one person brilliant yeah i know i've helped someone so if i can help another person now then great that's fine i'll carry on doing it yeah if i you know 
I think rather naively, I think this time last year, I set myself the task of supporting a million people in the, in the year. And I sat there and I thought, you know, what you should do, you go gung ho. I've learned so much. I've learned an inordinate amount in this first year. Um, if I help one person, if I help two people get the right support that they need to look after their own mental health, and I can keep a roof over my head between running my training courses at, and then that allows me to have the time to do the free stuff. Then I'm I'm a happy bunny. Yeah, that's all that matters to me. And that's not completely altruistic. You know, helping other people is good for my is good for my mental health. You know, and, and and that's one of the sort of tankies happy living. Supporting other people is really really good for your own mental health. So, you know, it's one of my coping mechanisms. Yeah, and if I know I can help someone, then it makes me feel better. Yeah, that always reminds me of that Friends episode where Joey is going to do the telethon and it's Phoebe says, yeah, but that's just for you. And he said, yeah, but there's no such thing as a selfless act. And everybody, whenever you do something, it makes you feel good. But it, it always makes me chuckle. Here's one for you, though. If you've helped that one person, you've also helped the people surrounding that one person. So I reckon that that million will be a lot closer than, than maybe you're giving yourself credit <laughs> for. Now, I saw on social media you were you were doing an online course with people in Dundee yes. uh, and with a, with a rugby club. I know, I know well, and there's lots of good people in there at Harris rugby club who are a Phoenix from the flames. They, um, they almost disappeared and they've come back fighting and the way they've come back fighting is by creating a community atmosphere that people want to be part of and they work really hard through lockdown they were doing things out in the community they were trying to support each other when you get that enthusiasm from a group do you try and encourage them to go forth and and do good things yeah it doesn't matter who does it does it yeah, whether you're talking to me, uh, you know, whether you're talking to Andy's Man Club, you know, and all the other great, you know, blokes, tough enough to care, man gang, all those, it doesn't matter who's doing it, does it? As long as someone's doing it. Um, and that's that's what matters, you know. There's only great resources. Pick and choose, as I say, pick pick the bits, you know, give a ruck. They, they've got some great resources as well if you for rugby clubs. So it doesn't matter, you know, I don't mind if you don't want to use my resources as long as you're doing something uh, yeah so go ahead do your own thing as long as you, you you understand the impact and you understand that you've got to if you are doing stuff around mental health that you build a team that can look after each other because it can be really really draining on you as an individual to take that responsibility on yourself and and look after everybody else so make sure that if you are doing it you've got that support network around you because that's there, really there, there's a nice one that that's believe it or not that question was actually in my head and now you've set me up nicely for that supporting other people so i'm a i'm a pretty simple individual i'm a husband i'm a dad uh, uh hopefully i'm a friend i'm a teacher so I, i'm a colleague i'm an employee i'm kind of a line manager uh, I'm a coach, uh, you know, if I, I've got lots of hats like you, I have to have lots of hats. Um, so is the first step looking after yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If you don't, yeah, you can't pour from an empty cup, I think is the famous thing. But you yeah. know, one that, the analogy I like is we've all got a mobile phone, haven't we? We've all got one of those. And when you drain the battery out of a mobile phone and you let it go completely dead, you plug it back in what happens to it it doesn't start up instantly does it it takes five ten minutes for it to get going and that's the same with you you know, keep yourself top yourself up every so often do something for you you know it's not you know, it's not a selfish act to go and spend an hour a week on yourself just doing something for you because that keeps your battery charged that keeps you in a good place yeah you know? so Find that time for you, find your taps, find your outlets, understand them and, and, and look after yourself because that will allow you to look after everybody else around you and, and, and reach out and create that network, create that support network around you so that you can turn to them and talk to them. Because without that, you'll run, your, run yourself down. Do you, do you, you find that some people 
so this is possibly touching on the mindset aspect of mental health. Do you find that people try something? So for me, I can take a dog for a walk, um, play with my kids, you know, go and coach. Do there, there are things I can do that make me focus probably on something else, whether it's the outside world, the dog, my kids, the, the task, the what, and and it gives me that sense of possibly helping others but also switching off and then being able to pour do you find that some people find it a struggle because the first thing they try doesn't instantly have an impact yeah and and that's that's kind of the key yeah where i i got in a real bad situation in the first lockdown because the only thing i really had as a as a, as a way out was playing rugby yeah and then obviously couldn't so you know, I tried running, hated that. Don't like running. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> yeah. And I think this is the thing. A lot of people will turn around to you and go, yeah, you see a lot of it on, on you know, go back to your social media. This, the keys to success, get up at 4 a.m., go for a 5K run, this, that, the other. No, that wouldn't make me a success. That would make me a more miserable, grumpy old man. You know, I've got a bad back and a dodgy knee. And you tell me to get up at 4 a.m. and go for a 5K run? yeah it's not it's not going to set my day off in the right way so you have to try lots of different stuff until you find the stuff that's right for you and and that's that you and don't and as disheartening as it can be when something doesn't work you got to try again you when it comes when it comes to things like cbt when i did cbt for the first time didn't work learned it bit more about it and i can see the benefits of it the second time i did it you, know, you go to a counselor you might not have that right relationship with that counselor or therapist doesn't mean that counseling or therapy is wrong it just means that that therapist isn't right for you and it's you know, like you say exercise just because somebody goes for a 5k run every morning doesn't mean it's right for everybody some people it might be walking the dog so you know, getting squished by bigger heavier fitter much faster people on a Saturday afternoon is not for everybody, but I happen to enjoy. I happen to enjoy it. Um, and uh, yeah, but, but yeah. I'm beginning to think you and I are the same person. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the same hairline. So, <laughs> hello, my name is Bruce Aitchison from Happiness is Egg Shaped, and I am here to tell you where you can get your Happiness is Egg Shaped merchandise. Go to www.halbro.com and search for happiness is egg shaped in the stores we've got it all umbrellas snoots hats towels for when you eventually get to go on holiday to the beach or by the pool we've got hoodies we've got t-shirts we've got all sorts going on there check it out get your happiness is egg shaped merchandise you can get it all colored up for your favorite team or for your country get involved because you know i know everybody knows happiness is egg shaped Uh, I don't know if you've heard uh, John Kerwin, um, All Black, who, you know, quite high profile, I suppose, to talk about mental health at that point, because it's still not necessarily a taboo subject, but a subject of ignorance for a lot of people. Um, and All Blacks are not supposed to be, have mental health issues, you know, and mental health is quite often associated with weakness. And yeah. that's one of the reasons we, f- we hear that men specifically won't talk about mental health because they don't want it to be seen as a sign of weakness now i listen i've listened to possibly half a dozen times he does i think it's called don't tell me the score podcast i think it's simon monday who asked the questions and john Kerwin's on it and i absolutely love it um and it's almost a reset for me and he talks about resets through the day so back to the coffee bit he likes coffee but the bit that is the reset for him is the process of making the coffee and he turns the phone off and he looks out the window and he listens to the noise and he makes a nice coffee and he has a nice coffee he talks about being in the shower and nothing on no well obviously nothing on but no music no you know people that take stuff and watch stuff in the shower he just enjoys being in the shower and those are these little check moments that are for him how do people do that because life's busy we, we yeah. got to do everything and we got to compete with the next door neighbor on social media and we have to look like we're having a great time make it part of your routine schedule it 
that's what I that's you know, it's daft as it sounds but if you if you are a busy person find make that time you schedule in an hour of whatever it is if, if but if you can't schedule it because you don't know when it's going to be because you don't know when the kids are going to be unwell you don't know when amazon's going to turn up you don't know if you've got to go to work today because yeah you got might have covid or whatnot use five minutes you know, spread it out over the over the week take five minutes find something that you can do you know knitting you know, just grab your knitting and yeah, my daughter's really got into a knitting. Grab knitting and knit for five minutes. So you just take that process, find yourself in the now rather than worrying about what's going on for five minutes. You know, if it's making a cup of coffee like that, that's brilliant. That process of just taking five minutes to stop. You know, take your lunch break. Step away from your desk and go for a walk. You know, um, enjoy your commute if you commute don't sit there on your laptop you know, working spend half an hour reading a book and then maybe half an hour doing some work if it's a long commute you know, do those sorts of things but sometimes it can just be as, as good as getting a good night's sleep that's that works you know so go to bed half an hour earlier rather than you know watching that extra episode on netflix or whatever it is that can wait till tomorrow because it's there and it's not going anywhere um all that's easier said than done. I get that. You know, there are days that my self-care goes out the window. You know, and if you saw my to-do list, which is sat down here, it's, it's, it's horrendously long. Don't. <laughs> and I think I could, you know, but at time, you know, I realised, I, I, you know, I'm very lucky in the fact that I recognise my signs and symptoms now. So I can tell when I've pushed myself too hard um, and I need to take a break. There are those out there that can't until it gets too late. And I think that's a tough thing. So if you can schedule in and make those five minutes, you're probably less likely to hit that point of, of you know, despair and that point that you're going to end up broken. Not that you're broken. You're not broken. That's the wrong way thing to say. You're unwell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, we're, we're winding down. I could talk to you all day, man. I really enjoy speaking to you. But um, I'm, I'm a teacher and I've been a yeah. teacher for a long time. And if you believe social media, if you believe the media, if you believe just the, the nonsense you hear from strangers in the street, the future's bleak because all kids want to do is be on TikTok. They're never away from their screens. They're the root of all evil. They're they're lazy. They're, they want everything handed to them. Uh, you know, it, it winds me up because it's a stereotype that I don't know who it's fueled by and what the purpose of it is. But what what challenges can you see for the future but what motivation or inspiration do you take from what's going on now and the conversations we're having now that will make it better in the future it's the challenges for the, the future and the challenges for our kids is that we're trying to make the decisions for them based on our experiences now I look at, I yeah, I look at my stepson Josh. You know, I've been a six, seventeen-year-old lad before, done that, been there, but not in the times that he's been a seventeen-year-old lad. Yeah, you know, he's got two years of school that he's had to teach himself. You know, and without social media and without his computer and without all that, he wouldn't have seen anyone at all. Wouldn't have been able to communicate with anyone because he'd have been, you know, sat in the sat in our tiny village. You know, without with me for company, which. God forbid. Um, so what the issue we have is that we are making decisions based on our experiences as, as, as adults as what is right. Um, not necessarily looking at it through the eyes of the youngsters and what's affecting them and how it can affect them. You know, we sit there and talk about kids being um, lazy because they sit on their computers. Now, our generation would have been considered lazy by the previous generation because we didn't we weren't working at the age of 14 and 15 yeah we were still in education and then you go back prior to that where you know you had kids as young as three working you know in in roles so you know each generation is going to look at something very very differently because as i said about those lenses that we have and so that's going to be the challenge you know, and i think we need to ask our kids what their challenges are and accept them as what they are you know not 
compare them to the challenges we faced, not compare them to the challenges um, a generation ago who were, you know, fighting wars. You know, they're very, very different challenges and, and we can't look at them the same way. So ask kids, talk to the youngsters, accept that problems that kids are facing these days are very different to the problems that they were facing along you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, 10 years ago even. And don't assume that the way that we look at the world is the right way. Because you know, I think we can um, pretty much judge that the way that we've looked at the world for the last 30 or 40 years, we've done quite a bit of damage to it. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> We're not exactly the best place to turn around and go, you're lazy. Yeah. Um, uh, we, so, we, yeah, were, that, that, we were that asleep be... at the wheel on a lot of things, weren't we? Especially especially mental health. So what? because we're having these conversations, because it is on social media and it is on TikTok and some pretty high-profile people are talking about it. I heard somebody yesterday saying, it was on the radio, saying, has Simone Biles changed the game for mental health? Now, I'm not entirely convinced by that, but that was a significant episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But lots of things are significant episodes. It's the impact and, and what happens next to me that's important. London 2012's legacy wasn't necessarily it, Super Saturday helped, but Jessica Ennis, Mo Farah, Greg Rutherford, they weren't there to inspire. They weren't the ones turning up every morning at training and in the evening and giving them feedback and giving them the lifts. There has to be follow through. What gives you hope for the future? The fact that we're having conversations now, you know, and like you said, it doesn't matter whether you've got that massive platform you know, to be able to turn around and affect a million people. If you can affect the life of one person for the better, whether you, know, if you're a grassroots sports coach who turns up and stands in a cold, wet, muddy field, you know, for 50% of the year, then and you're helping someone brilliant but we need to we need to encourage that more because we you know, grassroots sports is struggling you know, and it is volunteers are hard to come by but i think you know, the more we have these conversations around mental health the more that we promote grassroots sports as a way of supporting people not all people don't get me wrong it doesn't fit everybody's playing sport doesn't fit everybody's um character type but my hope for the future and what i'm looking forward to is every single club having an open and honest conversation whether you're a premiership football club that plays at the elite level in europe down to you know, a level 45 club struggles to get 11 players together on a sunday afternoon you've all got that ability to have a chat and it's not considered weird or attention seeking or peculiar to want to talk about stuff like that yeah so that's that's my hope for the future and i think you know, conversations like this and, and the platform that you're giving me to have these conversations and the platform you're giving people like you said you spoke loads of people about mental health and you've had loads of conversations about their stories and stuff and and the, that's just amazing and Social media isn't all bad. You know, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without it. You wouldn't be able to do what you do without it. So we just have to be able to pick and choose what we look at and understand that everything is good and everything is bad. And we just need to work out with the bits that we want. So, yeah, bit of a... That's my hope, that you know, everybody can have the conversations I didn't have as a youngster. And everybody gets some sort of support moving through you know, and and what that will do is if we can have these conversations early it you know there's always people that are going to end up in crisis but if we can have conversations earlier in the process a lot less are going to fall through to crisis so a lot less people are going to need the services that are now massively overburdened with the nhs because a lot less people will hit rock bottom because we tend to wait for people to hit rock bottom and then build them up rather than stop them falling so that's my that's what i think these conversations will do brilliant um my my wife watches the ambulance program 
I don't know what it's called. They're in Lancashire. I, I can't handle hospital programs or anything like that, but I tended to catch the end of it for the, the good news stories at the end. And so the, the area this ambulance service covers was enormous, mm. but a huge percentage of the calls weren't really anything to do with physical issues. They were to do with mental health. And it was mind-blowing um, to me. And in previous roles that I've had, I've dealt a lot with mental health. But my education on it was just learning through the next experience and my own um, experiences through friends and family. And, you know, one of the things I say, and I, I do, I'm interested to know your thought on this, I think you'll agree, but I think everyone has mental health. Okay. And there, there's this feeling that, oh, he's got mental health issues. We've all got mental health issues because I feel we're on a spectrum of, and we move up and down it according to, but there are obviously the extremes. Um, so I posted... Mental health. And... Uh, are we still there? Yeah, sorry, I missed all of that yeah. bit. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so I posted something on my social media about Maryland cookies being something that helps with mental health. I then got a birthday cake from my next door neighbour that was a Maryland cookies um, birthday cake with Maryland cookies as a present. And as my secret Santa uh, this year, I was given Maryland cookies. So it, it kind of made me laugh, but it also made me think people are listening and people are also willing to help with a solution now it was a tongue-in-cheek and, and i don't want that to sound like i'm undermining anything but it did make me think people are listening and yeah. you'll sometimes be surprised by who it is that's listening so by having more people trained and involved we're, we're going to cover we're going to cover a greater um area i suppose with these rugby clubs and sports clubs and community clubs that you're working with Give us a, a final shout to what it is you want them to do and how it is that can help. So professional club wise, you know, at the end of the season and it's a coming up soon. And I know it's difficult because you know, you've got your sponsors and you've got all sorts of things to agree with. But you know, the biggest contributions and the biggest asks that we get are, are for club specific stuff. So if you've got if you are planning on sending stuff away or you're planning on just chucking it in landfill, which you know, some of it does end up there. If we could take a little bit of that, that would be lovely. Um, and I know there are problems with sponsors and, and agreements and you know not wanting other people reselling your stuff, and I get that, but a little bit would go a long, long way. And for the grassroots sports clubs that want support or need support, jump on the Mindset Sport website. There's loads of stuff on there, whether it be about race, sexuality, uh, mental health, physical health, financial. And I'd like to build those resources more so that it's like a one-stop shop for looking after your players. So if anybody's got any resources, chuck them my way. Um, jump on there. And if you want training, you can jump onto that spot, apply for it. And, you know, I can, when I get enough generate enough cash generated through the community kit bag and training from mind, the mindset side of it i'll get more and more places available at you so if you work for a company that wants training think about this don't have to be me but that will fund mindset sport you know if you want if you're holding an event think about the community kit bag rocking up you know whether it be as a community involvement event where you just need more people to get involved in sport then fine i'll rock up with that if it's a fundraising event where you know you've got people who would spend some money brilliant come get me involved in that so that, that yeah we can put more spaces on just you know, get involved some way there's always a way to get involved from you know, elite level down to sunday afternoon running around you know, for 20 minutes of the 80 you know there's always a way to get involved and we can have a chat and send me stuff. <laughs> you can just send me stuff. Um, you know, I, and, and, uh, and I can repurpose it and, and, and make it better and give it to somebody that needs it. I love it. Matt, thank you for your time. I've absolutely loved speaking to you. Um, please keep in touch. And if there's anything I can do, just, just shout, just tweet, just share, just 
do whatever you need to do, and I'm keen to champion this cause as much as I can. Your support is absolutely amazing. You know, you you and uh, Sean at Fill Your Boots, and obviously all my the ambassadors that we've got, you know, and and the sponsors we've got for the kit bag trailer. Um, it's just amazing. We'll be able to do it without you guys, and you know, it's it's a massive, massive thank you for letting me share this space with all the uh, famous people that you could have filled it with <laughs> uh your message is is just as if not more important matt thank you my man all the very best yes, Bruce. gotta love that guy and anybody that shares a hairline with me is already my brother um what, what a message and and it comes from his own personal experience and that then means you're passionate if you're passionate you're going to put all your time and energy and resources and enthusiasm into it and as you can hear matt's still dealing with his own thing but part of the kick is that he's helping others and that's good for him. If you can help, please, please, please get in touch. Get in touch with me and I'll hook you up. Let's try and get more people involved in the community kit bag and then we have more mental health, first aid people trained, and then we can have that message spread much wider. You heard the man, his hope for the future is we can have more of these conversations without them feeling awkward or weird. I have absolutely loved it. It's always good for my mental health to speak to some of these inspiring people. Uh, and I'm now going to go away and see what else I can come up with to try and support Matt and his mission. If you've enjoyed it, you can catch us on Apple, Acast and Spotify. You can also watch on Facebook and YouTube. My name is Bruce Aitchison and my happiness is egg-shaped. And I hope you look after yourself. Please stay safe and have those conversations. I look forward to speaking to you all again very, very soon. Thank you. Hello, I'm Mayhem. Hello, I'm Chaos. And, and our happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped. It loves a circle with no end. No, that's not, 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 not how Miss Blessing and he said happiness is egg-shaped. Hey, um, happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped. It loves a circle with no end. 